0: Bam, we're live. Cabom. Just like that. What are you playing behind you, Dale? P- uh uh is, that, is that a music stand? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Piano? Guitar?
1: Uh piano, I think. Yeah. Bach two and three part inventions. I'm not there yet. I'm not Just, there yet. God, you're a bold man. <laughs>
0: God, you're a bold man. <laughs> I was looking at this. Um, are, are you following this Title IX thing at all? A little bit. Yep. I was looking up the definition of the word bigot. uh Oh, did you see my picture? No, I. The, the, okay. I cannot. I cannot believe the bigotry coming from the left. Isn't that their favorite word? How are they doing this to women? They're letting. You know, all you have to do is say you're a dude, and you can compete in any woman's college sport.
1: We're, it's funny. We're having this, I had a conversation yesterday. So my, my mom, my sister and, and my niece are in town. And I was talking to my, uh, my daughter, Rachel. I don't know if you're my youngest yeah, one. Of course. I remember her. Dale, you have, you have four daughters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my youngest one is working for me on this lawsuit as a paralegal. Oh, cool. Yeah. So she did a year of law school and she's like, hey, I'm not sure it's for me. And so she said, she thought she you know might want to be a paralegal. So she's, uh, we were talking yesterday about the lawsuit and some other things. And the Title IX thing came up. And, uh, it was funny because she was like, I had to remind her about, I'm sure you remember, but when I was at CrossFit, the, uh, Chloe Johnson lawsuit, right, right, right. With, with, the, with the, you know, which was, and she goes, she said, it was kind of a funny line. She goes, how come you were involved in all these hot button issues, like five years before it ever, <laughs> right, I said, yeah, right. before, long before Joe Rogan, you know, came out and it was cool to, or I said long before Dave Chappelle was running his mouth, I was. I was in court over the Chloe Johnson lawsuit, you know, competing in the CrossFit games. And yeah, I, I'm not, it's ahead. nothing against Chloe or, or any, you know, anyone who's I got a friend, a, a person I was in the Marine Corps with. I don't know what to say without getting myself in trouble, but when I knew him, he was a guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then later I found out, you know, I got like a friend request on Facebook and it was the same last name of this guy. I mean, it was kind of an unusual name. And but it had a woman's name in front. And so I had to, you know, I was like, who's this? I thought maybe is this, I'll just say his name was Bob. His name wasn't Bob, but I'll just say, I was like, Oh, is that, you know, Bob's wife or something, you know? And I click on it and I'm like, Holy shit. It looks like Bob in a wig, you know? And, uh, and so he had, you know, transitioned and, and gone uh, male to female. And of course I, you know, whatever he wants to do with his life, you know, I don't, whatever he wants to be or whatever dress up. I don't care. And, um, but it was a kind of a weird thing. Cause then you, you find yourself like I was having this kind of struggle with the whole long before people were talking about my preferred pronouns and all that. I was in the, I was in that kind of internal, like, what do you do with this? You know, how do you, how do you manage it? You know? Cause it's like, I I remember uh, when, do you remember uh, you follow UFC when Tamika brent got got uh, oh. the Fallon Fox, Tamika Brent's when she got her face caved in by, by Fallon Fox
0: that happened in the UFC. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Why did Dana allow that? It, you know, I don't know if you'll remember it when that all went down, there was this moment of uh, what year was
0: that? Because recently I started looking into that
1: 15 or 16. Okay. Okay. That may have been right around when I started getting into the UFC. Yeah, I think it was. My recollection is it was right around that time because I when I was getting I got kind of dragged a little bit for coming out and saying, hey, look, it's nothing personal, but there's a huge advantage uh, in in athletic competition. If you've gotten the chance to go through puberty as a male, it's just it's unquestionable, undeniable. And I was called every name in the book for pointing out what I always took to be a basic fact of biology. You know, in in uh, at least in warm blooded mammals, the the male is almost always. bigger than the female. You know, there's a few oddball uh, things here and there, but generally speaking, you know, you. The praying hey, man is the black widow. Right. <laughs> it's a couple of, and those <laughs> are. Just, <you laughs> the know, dude right? doesn't end up so good. Right. But um, it's a crazy thing man. I got four daughters and, and I try to explain to people, you know, like a, you get called names for suggesting that, you know, like I'm a bad guy cause I'm a dude saying it, but you know, here I'm trying to defend my daughters or at least, you know, preserve for them. Like, I, I mean, God forbid my daughters did jujitsu and then you're going to have somebody who's a dude, you know, says, ah, I feel like a woman. Now I, I'm going to, you know, get on the mat and start pounding the tar out of my daughters. That's not, that's not going to be acceptable.
0: So so here's the definition of a bigot, a person who's obstinately or unreasonably attached to a belief or opinion. Shh or faction, especially one who is prejudiced against or antagonistic towards a person or people, that people would be women. So let's say, let's, let's, we're, we're going to make the presupposition in this, in this conversation that women are a real thing. <laughs> the, the way this podcast is real based on their uh, reproductive organs. Are, are you cool with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, antagonist <laughs> towards a, a person or people on the basis of their membership. So they're members to this group. And, and, and I think uh, membership is, is a, broad use of the word because they have vaginas and ovaries and um fallopian tubes and all that stuff right and so because they are and, and then uh equally on the other side there's another group and they're called men and this title nine thing was supposed to make it so when you go to college they both of these groups which encompasses everyone um based on their their genitalia and their reproductive organs they have a place to play sports
1: yep
0: now they're going to let the ones with penises and testicles go play with the women. Hey, it, it and I'm, tr- I'm tripping it, it. seems like the, the, this, the, the classic definition of, uh, of bigotry. They're just fucking destroying this other membership. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, tri- how is anyone, how is anyone who knows a woman? I mean, I guess if you're, if you just hate women, as a whole, I'm tripping. I can't even like – I can't empathize with it at all. I I, I don't even know what they're doing.
1: It's uh, – hey, it's – you know, I, I don't know that there's they and it's a monolithic group. I mean it's it's weird, but – What do you mean by
0: that? You think I'm it, like maybe it's just no one. There's like 10 people and I'm just blowing it. It's just like media. Oh,
1: no, no. It's bigger than that. Oh. I mean obviously, oh. you know, you see the, the blowback culturally. I mean people are losing their, you know, losing their livelihoods and you look at – what happens to anybody who stands up against this, but it's the, you know, you take anything um, far enough. Like, like here's a great example of it in California, you know, in your, in your homeland and where I lived for a while, I love California, but man, that place is gone. Um, But uh, the California prisons are allowing male prisoners who decide that they identify (laughs) as women to go, to be put into women's prisons. And wouldn't you know, there's been cases of rape and, You know, they're using their male organ um, to engage in forced sex with actual women in in the California prison system. And you can't get anybody to there's some lawsuits kicking around just starting up right now. I mean, there have been women raped in female prisons by male prisoners who say identify as female. And then they come over and go. I mean, it's I mean, the whole thing is kind of farcical at some point, you know.
0: Wow. So. So California forces transgender belief system on female prisoners house with biological males. So, yep. so dudes who claim to be women were then put in the women's se- uh, section and then they raped the women. Yep. Hey dude, that isn't that what red riding hood is? Red riding hood. The story he dresses up as the grandmother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I put in the. I wouldn't have got that
0: pull, but I guess. I mean, (laughs) it's a real life Red Riding Hood. They dress you dress up as grandmother, and then you go inside and eat the kid.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's going on, and I saw. I knew about the lawsuit, and I what the fuck? Yeah, it's crazy, man. You get to a certain point, you're like, wow, I can't believe I. You know, you look around, like for me, and it. I mean, we're about the same age, so you know, it's hard to imagine how we got. From, you know, to to this point from, say, you know, for those of us who grow up like I was, you know, a teenager in the 80s. And so it's hard to be like, think of, you know, the country just as a whole in the culture from, say, 1988 to where we are now. But I guess, you know, it's 30 years. But man, that seems like it seems like we're a long way from, you know. What, what, what do you
0: think – I have this way of understanding um, the mechanism in the human brain that's causing so much confusion um, uh, that there's a conflation of thought and reality. And, and, and part of the thing is is that the I put a huge, huge amount of the blame on the people on the right because of their refuse of the, um, to, to fight for definitions of words. So, for instance, gender and sex, they're being conflated everywhere but gender is something that's in your imagination and sex yeah. is something that exists in the outside world. And when you conflate the two, then you and I can't have a conversation
1: anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. You'd say it's on the, uh, you know, you, you blame the right for the definition, but I, i they this. refuse to stand by it.
0: They, they still, they, oh, use, they, oh. they refuse, they use the word gender and sex interchangeably. Yeah. And when you do that, you're playing their game.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, it's always been, you know, cultural, I'll call it cultural Marxism. What, I think we're witnessing and what's going on is the Marxism has always been about, um, uh, control of language. And so there's always been a, a war for control Mm -hmm. of language, but language is an evolving thing. You know, I I mean, languages change and word usage change and, you know, uh, that's all inevitable. And I think in that sense, the, the, the right, uh, team red, Mm -hmm. whatever, they're always kind of behind because they're, they're always, in, in a sense, they're always conservative. So they're trying to conserve language as it was or, you know, hold things as they were. But they've always lost that because the U.S. has has always been such an evolving culture. You can always have new slang, new words. You know, people are always – the kids are always, you know, changing the way – the language and the way we speak.
0: But you That's could have a mental faculty, Dale, that requires you, you could teach the, uh, 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 an idea that all human beings and you and I, I think agree on this, that we have, before we start talking, we have to agree on the definition of words. Yeah, so before yeah. I tell you, I'm going to meet you Wednesday at 10 AM, you and I have to agree on some, on, on w- what Wednesday, Wednesday right. a. M. is and 10 AM is. Right. You can't tell the judge in a court, Hey, um, I, my Wednesday and Thursday are backwards. You're wrong. And and, and and what's amazing is Wednesday and Thursday are arbitrary, but man and woman isn't.
1: Right, right.
0: Well, yeah. how come we can agree on Monday and Wednesday and Thursday when it's just made up bullshit, but we can't agree on something that's not made up bullshit? I I'm hey, I, I feel like I'm in, I feel like I'm in a loony bin
1: trapped yeah, with the loonies. Yeah, yeah, it is, man. Where I've said people that are like, what's going on? You're asking me about what's going on in the world. Like what you're witnessing is mental illness being played out on a large scale, you know, the people who run the country are mentally ill too. I mean, largely you're, um, you're watching it play out in, in large, you know, in a uh, large part on a societal level, we've got, you know, the, the inmates are running the asylum. It's kind of things that you can say things now that used to be considered. I, it's a great example. This is a great example of it. Um, you know, I always, uh, I said, I wonder when they're going to come for, do you remember the show mash? Remember the TV yeah, show? MASH? Yeah. 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 Hugely popular. And yeah, hugely was popular. To- and my and I didn't like, like it. Way. I didn't like it, but but it was hugely popular
0: and everyone said that uh, I remember seeing that smart smart kids like MASH and dumb kids like this other show like Gomer Pyle yeah. and I like Gomer Pyle. I was the dumb <laughs>
1: <kid>. <laughs> Well my parents were big MASH fans, you know? Yeah and so um and it's set in the korean war and what's great about it is there is this at least relevant to this topic is there was a main one character this main <laughs> character was played by jamie farr was the actor and He had a big honking schnoz i don't know if you remember jamie farr
0: i do i know exactly where you're going with this i like it
1: yeah so the whole bit in that show was that jamie farr is trying to get out of the army because he doesn't want to be in the war and so he dresses as a woman the whole time and it was considered it was considered like a, I mean, it was one of the great running gags of that whole of that whole show is he's constantly in women's clothing. Like he'll show up in a, like, there he is. Yeah. There's a good one of him, Right. And like in these, and he's such a, it's a great visual gag too. Cause he's, I don't know what nationality he is, but he's got that big schnoz and hairy arms and all that, you know, and he's, I mean, it's a pretty good chest hair and then he'll be in there. And, he, he was trying to get what's called a section eight, which is in the army. The section eight is the, the part of the army code. Lebanese, Lebanese American. I thought he might be Armenian, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it's a great, it was a great bit and it worked for the whole show. And it turns out everybody knows he's just bullshitting that he's not, that he's not a woman, obviously. And he doesn't even really believe it, that it's just a bit to try and get himself out of the army. But it's, you know, the whole basis for it was that, he was going to prove that he was crazy by pretending, you know, by claiming that he was a a woman. And I always wondered, and Alan Alda was you know, known, he did a lot of writing for the show, particularly after the original, I think, couple of seasons. And he's a big left. And I always thought it was funny, like when nobody's called out Alan Alda and, you know, how problematic mash is and are, are they going to get rid of that? But I mean, the whole, the whole premise of that bit, it was like the longest running bit on that show was that he was, trying to convince the army he was nuts by dressing up as a woman. And they all knew he was bullshitting. So they just let him do it. And I mean, it was a wonderful kind of plot device, you know, but I mean, that's gone. Like you couldn't put that on TV today. You know, that's done. It's over.
0: It premiered in 1972. That was the year I was born and ended February 20th, 1983. It had an 11 year run. The final episode had 125
1: million. Yeah. I remember the final episode was like a big people were like, couldn't believe it was over. I mean, it was, it had a great run. I and mean, up till that point, I don't think there was anything, you know, maybe Seinfeld's done better than that now and a few others, but at the time maybe cheers, but at the time it was, I mean, it was an American, you know. Yes. We, we, well,
0: we had like three channels back then. <laughs>
1: right. ABC, and NBC, was, and CBS. Right. You could watch the, each week you could watch a new episode on like whatever it was, Monday or Tuesday nights, I forget. But the reruns used to run on UHF. So I used to watch them. Late at night, or I'd catch them after I watched a hockey game or something on channel thirty-eight.
0: UHF was the dial that you kind of had to like spin around to find the station. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Tweak it in. Hold up the get the tin foil and hold on to the thing and like, okay, there's. Am I getting a picture? You know, you could.
0: For for people who don't know, it used to actually really work to just hit your TV.
1: You yeah, hit the yeah, TV was, and
0: the station would come in.
1: Yeah, that Shit. was a legitimate technique. Yeah, sure. Uh, Mash <laughs> is last. It what? worked for kids too. At least my old man seemed to think it did. <laughs> right. Wrap them on the head and they started working better.
0: MASH has lasted three times longer than the Korean War it depicted. Yeah. The series.
1: Yeah. It was great. But, you know, it's, um, we were having this conversation. There's some, there's some interesting things. I think the, the biggest flaw is that people, I'll tell you what's going on, is that the reason the right or anybody who seems unable to, to stop the onslaught is we don't, very few people have what I'll call uh, clarity and I call it moral clarity, but it's not really moral clarity. It's not maybe the right term, but people are afraid. I mean, God forbid somebody calls you a bigot, you know, or somebody calls you a race calls you some name. And now you're, now you're, you know, people are just uh, fearful. And the other thing is the education system ill prepares people for, for the rhetorical battles that we all have to wage, you know, in adulthood. I think it does a a piss poor job of preparing people to be able to defend their own positions and their own beliefs. You know, we're, we're not a people who spend enough time asking ourselves hard questions about what we believe and why, and what's the basis, you know, no one's that's just gone from, from the entirety of the, the education process. It's unfortunate.
0: Was it ever there?
1: Um, it was probably, I would say, you know, uh, you know how I am about education, but there was a, a time when there was an education, uh, called the trivium. That was really the the middle ages was something called the trivium and it was grammar. And I'm trying to think of what the third leg of the trivium was, but it it was the idea that a liberal arts education, we weren't trying to teach you, um, what to believe so much as, or what to think so much as how to think. Right, 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 right. And so that you were equipped no matter the context that you found yourself in, you had all the tools necessary, but then the information age and in, in the 70s, and you remember this, you know, we were about the same age. And I remember when education really shifted, and it was like, everybody's going to need to go to college and everybody's going to need to learn computers. and And it became less about learning how to think than it was. We're going to teach you a body of knowledge. Of course, I now think about that and I laugh because it seems so foolish. But how could you ever think that teaching a kid in middle school, some substantive thing? Like he's not going to graduate from high school for another four years. by By that time, whatever substantive knowledge you taught them in the sixth grade is going to be useless. It's already going to be, it's already going to be too late. It, it, it's six years past, you know.
0: There's um, there's two, two, two words that everyone should know uh, and, and, and look into a little bit. Uh, epistemology, the theory of knowledge, especially, especially with regards to its methods, validity, and scope. Epistemology is the investigation yeah. of what distinguishes distinguishes justified beliefs from opinions. It is yep. a um, – if you don't know about epistemology, this is going to be so harsh. If you don't know about epistemology, you probably should never talk again. I'll <laughs> never express your opinion ever fucking again. I, I mean it, it's, almost, it's it, because you have to know you have to know how this works you have to understand the mechanisms of the brain and, and, and it's like I asked people you have a tattoo I asked oh, I'm gonna you're gonna love this story and then ontology is the other one you have to know these two words. Yeah. You have to read a little bit about these things. Yeah. Ontology, sure. the branch of metaphysics dealing with the nature of being, a set of concepts and categories and subject area or domain that shows their properties and the relationship between them. You have to know relationship. You have to understand context and relationships because without that, there is no world.
1: Yeah. Hey, you'll love this, right? What do I have sitting on my shelf? Do you remember when, when Greg went through this phase where he had all of these?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, Yes.
1: Metaphic.
0: Yes. Uh, to tell me um, share share with people what those books are. these are great books.
1: yeah um, so there was a, a series of books that put up by like the Oxford Press and it's called a very short Introduction and it's across this this thank you, Chris Corradino. yes, grammar rhetoric and I couldn't I couldn't remember what I was forgetting there. I've got it on my shelf too. Um, but this very short introduction series were put out by the Oxford press and it's I, I forget how many there were total, but it was a few hundred. And Greg bought every one of them because he read one or two and then he had the whole series and then he got me into them, So I got a bunch of them. But there are these little books from the Oxford Press that are like a short, you know, this one right here on metaphysics is only it's not even 100 pages. And most of them run about that. 100 pages, 115 pages. And they're these short, nicely. Um, oh, not overly nice, but nice little books. And they give you like a whirlwind tour of all these subjects. And like, I, you know, I have metaphysics. There's another one, a very short introduction law, you know, what is law? What's, you know, what does it mean? Philosophy. I got one, you know, philosophy of law. And so a very short, I do want to, one of my favorites is a very short introduction on knowledge. And of course it's one of the thicker ones, but it's, you know, how do we know what we know? How do you, how do you claim to know something? You know, and those are, those are deep questions. I think that's, I might say the, the big problem, the biggest problem in education and maybe society broadly is nobody's asking the the big questions anymore. Like everything's small. We've gone small in every way. You know, nobody give me an example. Can you give me an example? Nobody, me an example? Yes. Oh, before you give me an example of that,
0: you gotta see what someone wrote up here. There's a great uh, someone says something about Russell <laughs> Bur- Oh, Oh us listen to this. Did Russ Berger have moral clarity? before he was fired <laughs> why does it have to be before why can't it be before during and after he was fired why does right. it have to be yeah, before? I mean, no but I'll i get you like,
1: i get i get what you're doing jason you're a good dude hey i listen yeah he had moral clarity sure i mean yeah russell berger might be one of the and also by the way a great we went through the uh russ berger and i went through the uh what was that public speaking course we all took together the big oh uh, yeah Russ and I took that course together, competed against each other in that. And, uh, it, Russell Berger is a great rhetorician. He, it, Russ Berger is a, a trivium guy. He would, he would absolutely, he would agree with me hundred percent. You know, it's
0: the greatest public speaking course. Wow. Reed Buckley. Reed, yes. Buckley's. Yes. Reed Buckley. Yes. Yep. Wow. Yes. Wow. Buckley. Yep. Speaking course. Wow. Yeah, that's I forgot great. you guys did that you guys did that at the Grand Del Mar, right?
1: Yep, yep, me, Russ. I forget who else was in that. There were, there were, oh, uh, our other, my deputy at the time, uh, Marshall did that. A whole bunch of us did,
0: Marty say, student.
1: yeah, I think so. Yep,
0: yeah. Do you remember? Um, I'll, I'll never forget Russ's talk was on, um, uh, basic on basically raising children and being too nice to children and what you do to children.
1: Yeah, yep. Marshall's was on childhood obesity. I don't even remember what mine was. Marshall's was or Marty's was? I think Marshall's was (laughs) because Greg said that's when he had that epiphany that nobody actually gives a shit about childhood obesity. (laughs) I remember that. I remember (laughs) that. He came away from that. He was like, you don't care. Nobody cares about this. He realized for the first time, he's like, look, if you have kids who are obese, it's a problem. But if you don't, it's not your problem. You don't, you're not worried about it. You know, it's always somebody else's problem, not yours.
0: I was, uh, I, I, every day I post something on Instagram that causes a, a, a fight because of my strong opinions on kids. Oh. And and, and I've, I'm, I'm preparing this thing. At the end of the day, if you died, would you want me to have your kids or would you want the person you're defending? That's what I'm going to start saying to people. Oh, yeah! Like, because, because, at my house, they're gonna play in the yard. They're gonna be free to think who they, how they want, dress how they want. They're gonna be free to do whatever they want. But there's gonna be discipline, structure, and boundaries. And I'm gonna love them. And no one's gonna hurt your kids in my watch. Nobody. Yep. Yep. I'm gonna die trying to protect your kids from the fucking bear that lives in the fucking trench at all costs. Yeah. So who do you want watching your kids? And your kids aren't gonna fucking be on computers in my house. And they're not gonna be eating fucking Twizzlers. And I'm going to love them. And I'm going to tuck them in every fucking night and tell them how much I love.
1: them. Yeah. It's, it's a, um, it, it's funny to, to your point about the, uh, about language, you know, that's the other part of it is the, the kids will have an understanding Their their understanding will be grounded in a reality, you know, not, not just in their own theories about the world and their own head. The term you're talking about, by the way, you, when you started this, you were looking at the term I love, and this is, it's something we're all, uh, I think it's wired into us to make this mistake is reification is the term you're looking for. What is it? Reification. R-E-I-
0: R-E-I-F-I-C-A-T-I-O-N.
1: Yeah. Reification. Reification Reification is the, I'll tell you the best story I have about reification was when I was at infantry school. Can
0: I, can I read, the, I'm going to read the definition here before okay. you
1: go. Okay. Sure. Let me read the definition.
0: Uh, Reification, the act of treating something abstract, such as an idea, relation, system, quality, as if it were a concrete object. Defining home as if it were just a roof over one's head instead of the center of a web of relationships leads in turn to the reification of homelessness.
1: Okay. So reification, the best uh, the best ex, uh, explanation I had uh, ever heard for reification was... When I was at uh, basic infantry school, so all Marine officers, once I got commissioned, you go through this 26, 26 week basic infantry course. And so the guy we had for um, uh, map reading and, and uh, land navigation took us out, we're out in the woods, and he holds up the map and he goes, reification. He said, Does anybody know what that is? I what the word meant, but I couldn't, I didn't really know where he was going. And so everybody's just like quiet, you know, 200 lieutenants all sitting around, are like, Where's he going? And he goes, It's the map.
0: Oh, you're breaking up. You got to start over. You're breaking up so bad, Dale. I think something's wrong with your internet. That's okay. All
1: right. I I look good.
0: Um, yeah, you you look good. Yeah. You, he held up the mat and he said, reification.
1: He he held up a map and he said, reification is confusing this, the map. And then he stomped on the ground. He said for this. And he's like, don't ever do that. And so it was this funny thing because I, I looked into it. I was so fascinated. I love new words. I'm a word nerd you know, professed word nerd. And so I had to look into reification. I realized it's wired into all of us. We we have models about the world. We, we develop these mental pictures of how the world works. And then what we do is we project that map of the world, model Damn, tell us, breaking it's like, well, up so bad. With reification, you know, you, you get an idea in your head about you see things on the map. And then you're navigating, and then you get to a point where you think, like, oh, there should be a road intersection here. And you're standing here, and you have all these clues, and it, the ground doesn't look like what your map looks like. And so, what you'll do is you'll choose the map over the ground. The map is not uh, the dirt. Teddy Williams, though. Yeah, the map's not the dirt, man. The map is not the dirt. But, and that's, a, con- that's a, a good concrete example. But it, <laughs> I like giving Sevon a new vocabulary word. It's hey,
0: I, I haven't going to tell you, I'm tickled. I am so excited. I almost <laughs> want to just end the podcast and run out into the world and the real world and use my new word. It is That is but dope. We all do
1: it. We all do it. You you develop mental models of how the world works and the difference between people. Money
0: is a classic one. How money yeah. works. People think yeah. money is real.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Fiat currency is a good example. And by the way, this comes back to this is how people get hoodwinked. And and I love this notion because, um, you know, I'm in the middle of this vaccine litigation. And the great thing about it is, I whenever I see examples of it, like really good examples, I, I love seeing paradigms um, get kind of used against people. And I, I give you, I can think of some great examples. But please, please, the, the I, comment- I just want
0: to say something really quick. Um, Dale, I, I met Dale because Dale, Dale was the general counsel of CrossFit. What is general counsel of CrossFit? That means you're the big, you're the at the top. You're, you run the media. Uh, the I like, I ran the media department. You run the legal department. So we had this. Uh, not only does he, he had a bunch of lawyers internally working with them, but you're in control of the whole legal plan of CrossFit. What does that mean? That means um, if someone sues us, if they get bit by a dog. This means keeping um, uh, women out of the men's side. This means making sure the trademark in Mexico is good. It, yeah. It's it's massive. It's, it's fucking, it's, it's nuts. And then um, before that, he was in the military um, and I know him as a helicopter pilot. He also worked in some of, with some of the three letter agencies and then, i mean his his story is massive he's a practitioner of uh jiu-jitsu and other uh, uh, nutty fucking manly crazy shit the the night thing <laughs> and then and then and then of course he's he's a lawyer and he's been involved in some of the most fascinating um cases whether they be murder um vaccine um etc um wh- while being in the marine corps okay s- s- sorry that's all yeah. right thank you okay that,
1: that, that pretty much covers it yeah in fact, Dave and I, and
0: were, he has four daughters and he's a dad, which is hugely important. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, Dave. Yeah. So you were going to give examples up. of, um,
1: so you were talking about like, how is it, you know, on the issue of men and women and what a woman is, but I, I another issue, similar kind of thing where <laughs> people hijack language. And so I'm, I'm a huge language nerd. You know, I got a, I started out as an engineering major in college. My first two years, I was in aerospace engineering. I didn't, want, I didn't need to build them to fly them. Once I got my flight guarantee, I switched over. I always wanted to be a writer. And uh, so I switched and became an English major in Shakespeare, of all things. And um, wow. Yeah. So language is, is hugely important. I, I'm a huge language nerd. I love it. Love language and not just my own. I speak a couple other languages. and Fascinated by language because, you know, it's how we communicate. And the thing about it is in the in the current kind of regime what you see is language being hijacked all the time whether it's the term bigot racist you know the, the terms lose all meaning but i'll give you a great example the entire vaccine program is a giant a giant way of hijacking language because those mrna shots those you know moderna and pfizer the bnt 162 b2 or the or the BioNTech uh or the community um those aren't vaccines. In, in they have none of the characteristics that we traditionally associate with a vaccine, but they intentionally called them vaccines. They're gene therapies. And they, SEC filings say that they're gene therapies, and the, the company that makes them has, has said that they were gene therapy. And they, some of the documents they filed in other, in other countries with other regulatory agencies say they're gene therapies, but they intentionally called them vaccines here in the United States to hijack a paradigm, reification. People have a paradigm in their head about vaccines, and there's a legal regime.
0: Uh, often, gene, gene therapy is a technique that's used to prevent or cure disease or medical disorder. Often, gene therapy works by adding new copies of a gene that is broken. So that's what they did. As opposed well, to as opposed to uh, a vaccine, introduces a dead a dead virus to um, spark uh, the immune system to work and start the inoculation process.
1: Bingo. So traditionally the word vaccine comes from the the term comes from uh, this guy, Edward Jenner. uh, And it was over smallpox. But if you look at the word vaccine, it comes from vodka, which is the Latin for cow. Okay. And so they had discovered way back when vaccination came from the scourge of, of uh, smallpox. It was all the way back. I mean, there's ancient, you know, texts about smallpox and the horrors of it. But the idea was some folks figured out that milkmaids wouldn't get, um, smallpox because they had been exposed to cowpox and so vaccination the the process of becoming vaccinated was to be uh to get this cowpox um they would kind of cut your arm and then put this on there there's all different techniques it originally it was called variolation and then they moved to to vaccination but the idea was always that yeah the, had, the
0: process was around before the word yes yeah, yes, okay.
1: variation before. But the term vaccination was coined by this guy uh, the, the roughly at the turn, I want to say the late 1700, 1799, I think it was. And so we've always had, and there's a famous case in the United States from 1905 called Jacobson that basically said the state can can force a, can make you pay a fine if you don't get vaccinated. But that they, a state, Massachusetts it was Cambridge actually, who had put this, mandate in place and if you didn't get vaccinated you had to pay a fine of five dollars and so the jacobson case has been around for you know 100 plus years and and leaned on and so what the what the government authorities did was they they knew they had a gene therapy they wanted to use for this uh virus but they called it a vaccine the regulatory authorities did to to play with the notion in everyone's head that oh well it's a vaccine None of the traits of a vaccine. It's not the only thing it has in common with a vaccine is the route of administration that it's injected in your arm, but it's not a vaccine any more than a woman, any more than a dude who says, I want to be in the women. I identify as thing. That's a, that's a gene therapy that identifies as a vaccine. <laughs> and so, it's, it's, so, so it, it's just word fuckery. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and, and why, why, um why is the left more predisposed to word fuckery than the right?
1: Like what I, they- I said about co- conserving, if you're a conservative, you want to keep things as they are, as a general matter. You know? oh, what
0: is the mechanism in their brain? I'm going to go even deeper than that outside of those words. Yeah. By the way, $5 in 1905 is worth $166 today. So if someone wants to know how much that fine would be today in its okay, equivalence. Nice. Oh, um, okay. um, but uh, the inf- I just used something called the inflation calculator. Um, <laughs> nice. How come I can look at a red light and know that it's an agreed upon lie that it means stop that, that it's just it, but but some people can't they really think that it means stop how come some people how how come uh, in, in in england the queen one time took two weeks off the calendar and there was an uprising because a huge chunk of society thought that they lost two weeks of their life <laughs> hey
1: I'll these are true st-
0: these are true stories what is where does this um inability to what makes me so special
1: uh, that I can know
0: the difference between my thoughts and the outside reality.
1: There's, there's two answers to that. Or am no, I wrong?
0: No. And they're right. I mean, I should. No, I you're,
1: you're right. But okay, there's okay. two answers to that. Number one is if you look at a be- you know, I'm so i I'm
0: sorry, you broke I, up. What did you say? I'm what?
1: I said you, it's that because.
0: No, you said I'm right.
1: You, I said, you're right. Of course. <laughs> I am. Oh, you wanted me to repeat that? <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to record that for Haley too? Please. You, please. To, and you got that whenever she corrects you. Like Dale said, I'm right. Um, but there's a uh, there's two answers to that. One is it goes back to that reification. Some people can't le- can't let go of the map. They just can't let go of the map, man. You know they can't let go of their mental model, and that may be tied <laughs> to my second answer, which is you know if you look at a bell curve, a distribution of IQ among the human population, you know it's get that nice bell curve, you know, and yeah. the average is right there in the middle. And you just have to remember, whatever that number is, it doesn't really matter that 50% of the motherfuckers are on the left side of that. <laughs> you know? Like, no matter what that number is, if the average IQ is 102, 105, 110, doesn't matter what you set that at, there's 50% of the humanity that's left of that, man. And you just have to be, you know, like, okay.
0: It's yeah. why the matrix, um, like the blue pill, red pill thing works so well. They yeah. just refuse, there's something that the blue pill people are <laughs> refusing to see.
1: Yeah, it's an, it's an emotional attachment to the model that you have in your head. It's an unwillingness attachment. to... You know, it's that, listen, have you ever, have you ever been driving? Right. And you think you are, but you're a little bit lost. And then you come up to an intersection and you are 90 degrees out from where you thought you were. And you get to the intersection and you're staring at it and you don't recognize it. Like you don't fully, you're like, this is all fucking wrong. The Dunkin' Donuts is in the wrong place. The Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, and, you yeah. just, and you can't, it just doesn't compute. You're like, this is all fuck. Something's, and it takes you like. How yes. long it takes you to get your head to let go of the mental model of, no, I know I was coming from the north. And it's like, actually, you were lost and you were coming from the east and <laughs> you're having trouble.
0: Yeah, that used to happen to me as a kid way more. I knew yeah. I was going on the freeway the right way. in a, like I'd be 18 years old driving. I'd be like, how the fuck is the <laughs> ocean over there? Something in my brain is not computing. And but you that's an emotional attachment. That's an emotional it's,
1: attachment. It is, man. It happens. Yeah, sure. So, check so it, out. It, it would be, be like if way. I
0: found out the Turks really didn't kill the Armenians, right. but I was raised right. that way and it's part of my identity. And I actually somehow was able to go back in time and see yep. that the Armenians were the ones who were killing the Turks.
1: Right. So, fuck, so it's fuck me all up. Hey, here's a great example of it. And you'll yeah. appreciate this one. How many, how many times do you have a friend or someone, you know, who you love and care about and they're in a relationship and you're like, Hey man, she's cheating on you, and he's like, "No, no, no, <laughs> that's bullshit." You know, you don't know what you're talking oh about. God, you know? and how many times have you been like, "Man, this is gonna end like a just a train wreck," and there's nothing you can do for that person, you know? Or if
0: you, how about yeah, how about like um. It's funny. Uh, some if, if you if you say to someone the earth is flat, they'll have like a violent reaction like you're a fucking idiot. Or if you say um, 9-11 was a, uh, a, inside a, a plant a inside job, you're a fucking yeah. idiot. Or if you say the the moon thing never happened, you're a fucking idiot. So basically – and those people might be right that you yeah. are a fucking idiot for thinking that. But the reason why they have such a violent reaction is because they're so attached to their reality that it would fucking be like giving them 100 hits of acid if they saw yeah. – if they found out the U S government actually brought down the world trade center. Right. Wow. They're
1: so scared. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. It's you, you can tell the, and by the way, that, that, you know, hundred hits of acid things are great because I'll tell you part of, you know, a, uh, you do a little hallucinogenics. And I remember talking to somebody in the CrossFit community. I want to say him, but, he had. I had done some hallucinogenics for the first time and it was a really profound and revelatory experience. and I was talking to somebody about where like they were like I'm not saying yes or no to your experience but I'll just tell you that my experience was after LSD many many times I realized whatever you believe about God or not God or whatever they go I just I realized that I wasn't as certain about anything anymore because there's a perspective that I, I realized like there's a way of perceiving this universe and it can be perceived in a very different way. And like, I'm not, I'm a lot less certain about anything. And so I don't, you know, I don't discard anything anymore. I'm open to all of it, you know?
0: Uh, Wow. You really touched on, on something. So that's another thing that people just can't get their head wrapped around. and, And I'll tie this back to the science thing. Nothing is true. All beliefs are fake, but we're, but it's okay to believe things. You want to believe the thing that makes you most successful. So like we used to use Newtonian gravity because it was the most successful um, uh, understanding of how objects were moving around. And then eventually Einstein came up with the, a relative theory of gravity, and that became more successful. But that doesn't mean – no, that doesn't mean that now this one is true and that the um uh, that um Newtonian gravity is false it just means like a, a new i that ideas are always going to be evolving but it takes yeah. a very special man i guess to realize that none of what we know sorry none of what we believe is true. we're just trying to hold on to the best theories that allow us to predict what's going to happen next. How do I get this cup of water to pour into my mouth and not onto my fucking shirt? and it's so crazy that people can't and and once again i'm dying to know i guess maybe it's fear what is the mechanism that refuses people to be humble enough to accept that it's okay
1: it's it's okay
0: not it's okay like we don't know
1: Sebi, when i was a kid growing up my my dad and for a lot of us you know your your old man's like god you know when you're a kid and my old man was so and i and i love him and and we're still we're close and have a great relationship how old's your dad
0: uh, 70, he was born 47, so 75. Wow, okay. He's young. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> be- right. Yes, be all right. Yes, Mr. Wayne.
1: There's some There's some great stuff on this. I'd say there's two, I, I have so many thoughts. Don't. For, I want to hear the story about your dad. Don't forget that one. But so anyway, but he was a guy who could, God bless him, you know, I loved him. But when he was, when I was young, it was clear to me that my dad could not and would not ever admit that he was wrong. No matter how blindingly obvious it was that he was wrong. He was a guy who couldn't, he couldn't admit that he was wrong, you know? And it was one of those things that I was like, that's not going to be me, (laughs) you know? And yet, like most things, you kind of emulate your parents, you model what you see, you know? But, and it was a, it was a concerted effort to be like, I'm never, I, I never want to be unwilling to admit in the face of obvious evidence. But it's a, it's an ego thing is what it is. You know, so you ask, like, what is it in people that makes them like that? You know, my dad also couldn't stand to he hated to lose, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, he couldn't. I I played him in chess. I beat him when I was young in chess. And I loved chess. But after I beat him and it was clear I was better than him, my dad never played me in chess again. Ever. We've never Wow, that's again.
0: interesting. You're not like that.
1: No. Wow. But it was a concerted effort to not be like that. Yeah, that's a hard bullet to dodge. Yeah. I, I made, I was, yeah, it's a, you know, she's got it done. Miss Faye She's got it. Seema's got it right. Yeah. It's, it's trying to give meaning. And and it's hard to be like, because at the same time you do that, you also have to have some anchor, you know, you have to have some sense of self and some like, you know, Hey, my feet are on this ground and, and this is meaning and this is real, you know, but it's, it's, hard you get onto the world and your beliefs are constantly being buffeted i'll tell you that you know to tie this back into what we've been talking about a lot of people are in for and this and society is broadly are in for a rough go because reality doesn't really give a shit about a model you know like if if your model's faulty it doesn't really reality will steamroll you you know if you're like i can fly you jump off a bridge i have bad news for you you know i know how that ends
0: From my experience on the planet, um, all discomfort comes when you argue with uh, reality. Your windshield's yes. broken on your car, and you're yep. pissed about You can't accept yep. it, and you're pissed, and you're angry that you're fucking, and you're arguing with reality. And every time you argue with reality, you are fucking miserable. And the whole yes. thing about happiness is just flowing with reality. Yes. Um, and, and, and some people are like, well, what's reality and what's normal? And uh, a great example of what normal is is you plant a seed in a cup, And you set it by the window and the plant grows towards the light. It's there is fucking normal. Don't fucking maybe there's not words for it, but just fucking be observant and be open to it. There is fucking normal. Get on the fucking normal train flow with normal. I don't care if you want to jerk off dudes or suck dick and you have a dick. I'm totally cool with that. If that's the way your your north is, I'm I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying find your normal. Stop fighting with reality arguing with reality. And and so what you're saying is, is that there's a group of people who are fighting that will those people just be miserable. Those people you're describing, they're just going to fight reality. The whole, their, their whole hundred years on the planet. They're just going to fight. Hey, God, that sucks. God, that sucks. There's, you know, how many
1: people, man,
0: they need a podcast, (laughs) (laughs) man, that sucks. I would hate to live like that.
1: Sevi, so many people. I, once I found this, once I kind of got uh, to my my point of Zen, you know what I noticed was like everywhere I went. When you talk about, so stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry,
0: one second. Uh Your Good. mom is my north. Thank you, Rich. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <Go> ahead. <laughs> uh,
1: That's perfect. The perfect opportunity. I love Rich. Oh, like I walked into that one. Come on, Rich. Um, you're better than that. But uh, the uh, the thing is that how many people do you know like you see constantly, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to pick names for my own life because I got to live with them. But how many people like once you kind of find your Zen, how many people do you know who are addicted to their pain? I hear people talk all the time. And when I hear people constantly like all they're doing is bitching and moaning and blah, you know, and I'm like the Stoics had this right. And this is my (laughs) definition. It it happens to the best of us, Rich. Um, you, uh, You know, discomfort. I. Emotional discomfort is just the difference between what you are expectations and what reality is. Like when you're uncomfortable or and you go back to that thing like why people react virulently to this idea like hey man I know you you identify as a woman but you you went through puberty and you have a penis and you know I don't bum you out but that makes you a man and and hey if you want to go through the process and change and go through that great but you can't expect to export that reality onto all of us. But there are there are a ton of people, man, who are addicted to their pain and they can't give it up because their pain identifies them. How many people do you know who tell you who will define who they are by the tragedies they've suffered in their life rather than by the great accomplishments or or other things, you know, rather by the than by the love or, you know, the, the things like that? There's a whole bunch of people, man, who are way attached to their suffering and all that. And they don't realize all they have to do is just drop it. It's just a, like whole,
0: a whole group, whole groups of people. Armenians. It's, Yes. How, how about the demand on black people to embrace their suffering? The yeah. demand.
1: Yeah. It's my, fucking my,
0: nuts. I was demanded to embrace the suffering of the Armenian people. That's how I was raised. And right. now and now, white liberal America is demanding that all of black America fucking embrace their pain and carry it. It's yeah. fu- it's it, Wow, you nailed it. What do you think the mechanism is for an individual to let go of
1: that? I know some good drugs that will help with it. I mean, how about a hundred <laughs> burpees?
0: I, I think, I, I think that the oxygen deprivation that we put ourselves through in CrossFit forces a meditative state in the stillness of the mind that yes. allows you to start slowly. I, yep. I, I, I used to bring this up to Lauren and Greg and they would laugh at me, but I th- I think CrossFit's a spiritual movement I think, or, 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 or a psychological
1: movement. Yeah, we were, I mean, they, they would have shunned that back then. Certainly Lauren would have, Gre- Greg would have known and smiled and, he would have appreciated it, but he would have poo pooed it, but he knows. I mean, he's not. Yeah. he understands. Yeah. Yeah. You know? You'll, it gets awfully quiet, man. When you're on burpee number you, or you're on like, you're in minute 38 of Murph. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. And you don't have enough. You don't yes. have enough left in your arms to do a single push up. You know, <laughs> you're like, it's all the rest is all bullshit, man. Your, your reality narrows down to, to just that moment, the next breath, you know, that's I'm- uh yeah,
0: you served 20 years in the Marine Corps.
1: Uh, 20, it depends on how you count it. You know, I was in ROTC for four years, that doesn't count for like towards retirement, but then I did another 27 years after that. But that was a mix of active duty and reserve, so I don't know, 30, 25, whatever. I managed to have are you so I, You're still in the reserve? No, I'm out, uh, I retired in 2018, 2018. Okay, so including the reserve, like 30 years, 20, yeah, 31, something like that. I was commissioned in 91. So 27 from 91 to thing, but 87, I joined Ronald Reagan's military, which is crazy. When I signed my induction documents in 87, um, when I graduated high school, it was Ron, I you know that was Ronald Reagan's military. I was joining his was at the bottom of the thing. Why did that you was, do
0: that? why did you go into the military? You're so smart. Why not? Why not go to, uh, MIT with that Ashkenazi brain ears? Hey, it's funny. You say that I, I was
1: on, I had a scholarship to, uh, I had a full ride to Carnegie Mellon for physics. Wow. But, uh, you want to, this is funny and topical too you know what ruined my life or I wouldn't say ruin it. I mean, I say that jokingly, uh, your penis, your penis might all well, that cool. <laughs> everybody knows Zardoz knows that the penis is evil, but, um, the, uh, no, it was Top Gun. It was 19. Oh. And Top Gun came out and I was like, Oh man, kissing Kelly McGillis, riding a motorcycle, going to Miramar, you know? And so I, um, I wound up, I applied for and got a, an ROTC scholarship and I wanted to be, uh, Tom Cruise almost caused me to, to get caught up in all that faggotry. I think I can say that on your show. You can and, say whatever and, you want. I
0: say whatever
1: And, want. uh, yeah, yeah. So you'll love it. I love, lo- but by the
0: way, um, I, there was this guy, this is totally off subject, but there's this guy in my DMs who's, uh, he, he makes money on fan fans only, only fans.
1: Oh yeah. yeah.
0: And, uh, and he just basically dudes pay him to show his asshole to them. <laughs> it was fascinating. It was fascinating. <laughs> And I go and I said to him, I'm like, hey, do you ever like so someone will call in and someone will DM you and say, hey, I'll pay you $150 if you let me watch your girlfriend suck, suck your dick. And he goes, dude, I did that once, and all my subscribers were like, That is fucking gross. We never want to see that again. Please just show us your butthole. I <laughs> like, wow. I was like, wow. <laughs> hey, no, hey, you
1: know your three, audience. Three. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Have you seen this?
1: Yeah, we just—I went to see it last week.
0: How is it? It's good. It's i haven't heard one person say it's
1: bad. What do we have here? It's that yeah. good, huh? Yeah, Miles Teller's. It, it, what they did a great job. He's a dead ringer for Anthony Edwards in the original, and uh, and he's a good actor anyway. He's a talented kid. But um, oh. it's good. I mean, I I always I laugh. You know, I would I wanted to be Top Gun. I wanted to be Tom Cruise. You know, and I went. I joined the Navy. I had a Navy scholarship, and then I showed up. And I met my first Marine. I didn't know anything about the military. You know, my dad was in the Air Force for three years during uh, 65 to 68, right before I was born. And I think he really did that to avoid getting shipped to, to Vietnam. That was like the best odds. You know, he graduated high school right in that. He was right in the fat, you know, right in that big group of, of dudes. So he joined the Air Force and was only in three years, got out. <clears throat> I was born in Texas, but so I didn't really have any when he discharged?
0: How did he only do three years?
1: Back then, that was the enlist. It was three-year enlistment. Okay. Oh, by the way, his- Caleb.
0: By the way, Caleb's in the Air Force. Hey, what's up? Oh, he's in the Air Force. Caleb Dale Saran, Dale Saran, Caleb.
1: Nice to meet you, Dale.
0: Nice to meet you, Caleb. You, you're an Air Force guy. Yeah, I am. All right. Well, okay. Thanks
1: for showing up, Caleb. Out. You demand. <laughs> it'll work out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, I've got most of my clients right now. I've got 540 uh, plaintiffs, and it's probably going to get up to 750 here shortly. But we got about 750, most of it's Air Force folks. A shit ton of pilots, in fact. Shit ton of pilots. So so
0: I'm I'm gonna get us to switch gears here a second. So basically, you had a scholarship to Carnegie Mellon. You could have gone anywhere. Instead, you saw Top Gun. It's funny, yeah. it's similar to the and, Dave Castro story. Dave Castro saw some movie and became a Navy SEAL, I think some Sean yeah. Connery movie. And then and then and so I, I'm gonna have to have you on again, of course. There's so much to talk about. But Right now, you represent somewhere between 500 and 750 members of the United States Air Force in a class action
1: lawsuit? Uh, total. I, I Actually, I, I have spread across the services, but I've got grand total of the suits I'm involved in. I probably have closer, to, and I've got some people waiting to join the suits. So I've got to amend the complaint, and all that. But I've got my poor paralegal, my daughter, is, is overwhelmed. I've, I'm turning people away. We probably have close to 1,000 who want in, who are like banging on the doors. Like, please help us. You know, they're be, it's, they're going through hell. They're being put through hell. It's horrible. The Ameri- and, American people knew they'd be horrified.
0: And and can you, t- can you start from the beginning and tell me what the fuck is going on? Tell me about this case you're doing, by the <clears throat> way, D- Dale was also involved um, in the anthrax case against the United States government. And I was reading in the Epic times. You won that case.
1: Eh, sort of. I mean, I, I represented, I was a, so I was flying helicopters and then, I put into for this funded law program and became a. Um, I got a, it. There are a handful of us who were selected for this program where the, the military will actually send people who were previously in different MOSs, military occupational specialties, doing different jobs. Like you could be a ship driver. They pick a small number of those people and then they send them to law school, put them through Naval Justice School, and then send them out to the fleet to be judge advocates. So I left flying. I had to give up flying, went to law school, you know, no, but I'd have to, the military paid for it. And then I graduated, passed the bar, you know, go to Naval Justice School, and then out to Okinawa, Japan, I went as a defense attorney. So I was defending Marines and sailors out in Okinawa. And some of my first cases were the anthrax vaccine cases. And then you, you represented uh, one sailor
0: and two mar- uh, Marines. Uh yep. Who refused the vaccine uh, in Okinawa in 2000, the anthrax yep. vaccine. Okay. And then
1: one of my clients got, I got an, I got a, a stay from an appellate
0: court. Which led court. to, sorry, which led to you writing a book, which is available on Amazon, yeah. uh, written by Dale Saran, United States versus Members of the Armed Forces, The Truth Behind the Department of Defense Anthrax Vaccine Immunization Program.
1: Yep. yep. Okay, sorry. And Go that forward. led me, that all kind of led, it's funny how kind of things come full circle in your life. So I went through that and it was a bitter part of my life. Cause I worked behind the scenes. My, one of my clients testified before Congress. And so I went up to the Hill and met a lot of people and, and uh, it, it was uh, an enlightening trip. And then um, it, it looked like it was, the, and then nine 11 happened. And like, I was so pissed off at the Marine Corps. I got myself passed to get out and then um, wound up, uh, you know, working, doing some other government agency work in Afghanistan. And, and then um, were you recruited for that? Uh, or did I, you
0: lean, did you lean into it? I leaned into it. Okay. Okay. But there's a, so you a, still wanted to work for the government, even though you were, got pissed at the Marines, you went over to, you leaned into some other stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I did. Okay, And, and I thought I had the illusion that, well, it'll be better because it's smaller and more elite. And, you know, it'll be much better if I go do that. And, and then of course, once you get there, you realize it's just as broken and fucked up as anywhere else, you know, and you're like, Oh shit. Now what did I do? Right. But, you know, it took me until 2006. But hey, the, the great part about that was, what did it do? It that's where I found CrossFit. 2005, I was in Afghanistan, and a lot of the, the guys where I was were doing CrossFit, and so I found that. And by 2007, I was at the first CrossFit Games. Uh, n-
0: Mr. Uh, no, not that one. No,
1: On, very, and very other different. government agency, Bruce, and other yeah. government. Agency.
0: <laughs> the other, one of the others. Okay, but I know so those
1: folks, a lot of those folks co-located We worked together.
0: So then, um, so so tell me about this. So tell me about what? How, how did you get involved? So tell me about this case that you have with this 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 cohort of nearly a thousand people.
1: Um, somebody, I had done a, I had filed another case. Somebody, some folks reached out to me and heard that I had worked on this uh, this federal case, Doe v. Rumsfeld, which actually shut down the anthrax program in two thousand three four. I didn't start working on that. I, I So that's something. why
0: they say you won because the program yeah. got shut down, but the, yeah. but the soldier still got fucked. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cause I've, so, the yes, article sure. said you won, but I've talked to you personally and you said you lost. And that's because close to your heart, you really wanted to get fucking vindication for these guys.
1: Yeah. And I worked okay. for years behind the scenes. So like, even when I was working for CrossFit, you know, Greg was pretty, pretty easygoing about me still doing stuff. Like, and on my own time, I would moonlight and do stuff. Like I represented a guy who was trying to get his records corrected who had been court-martialed, and so I worked for behind the scenes. Uh, <laughs> it, hey, Ken, send me an email, and I'll we'll talk. We'll talk. There's a lot of people like, yeah, I heard it was closed, and yeah, I mean, we're working around it. It'll be a motion to intervene down the road, but I'm trying to get people together, protect as many people as I can. They're my folks, but yeah. So some some folks, when this vaccine program was getting ready to be la- launched, some people one of the guys who was the main doe plaintiff, he's a, he's a air force colonel. Um, and, uh, he was, uh, he fought this thing. God, he, the guy's my hero. He's an air force Academy grad. He just never gave up, never quit, you know, always holding the military to its own standards, but he's, um, some people had reached out to him and he said, Hey, the guy you need to talk to is Dale Saran. And so a bunch, some other lawyers reached out to me and kind of dragged me in and it wound up costing me that I was in a different job. I was working in tech, you know, this was just last year. I had a different, completely different job. I was helping a startup company doing some stuff and payment systems and all that. And then this kind of landed in my lap. And the thing was, it was funny because that, that part of my life, that anthrax vaccine fight was like this bittering experience. So, cause it looked like this loss of years and it led me down this rabbit hole. And I was like, what a fucking shit show that was. And then this all came up again and you know, and I was fighting it hard and then I lost my job. My boss kind of found out I was moonlighting, and he fired me like on one day notice. And I was in the middle of this lawsuit. And I mean, I dude, I didn't, you know, I didn't know where the next paycheck was going to come from. And I had this moment of like, I just stopped fighting, you know. And I realized, like, dude, this is right back in your lap. Like, what do you think, you know? The you anthrax a, was just
0: training. Was just training for this shit.
1: It was just the training setting. It was just training for this. And, and so good it was tra- oh, and good training, right? Oh, great training, great training. It it put me. It makes me in a unique position to be litigating this one. I mean, I, a lot of people have reached out to me, other attorneys, you know, I've been like, Hey, I'm looking at your filings. What the? And then dug in on me and they were like, Oh shit. And so I've had lawyers reaching out to me like, Hey, will you help us? Will you you know help us with our filings? And all that stuff, so I have no lack of time. And, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm plenty busy, you know, I got a lack of work and all that. So it's, it's,
0: hey, it's funny. That's out. full circle to not arguing with reality.
1: Yes. And, and that's, what's funny about it is I kept, fight, I was fighting it so hard. I was like, fuck this. You know, I wanted, I was like, why, you know, why am I back in this fight? And my wife I finally said like, why don't you just like, you just stop, you know, stop, stop trying to run away. Accept you know? your calling, Accept your calling. Yeah, it's, it's exactly what it was. Here it is. And now it's, I'm doing better than ever, Seth. The universe yeah. has opened its abundance to me. And I'm like, wow, I was a moron for so long you know uh, this is
0: kind of a weird question to ask a lawyer but are you having fun
1: yeah 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 i mean i try and tell the people i feel bad cuz my clients are suffering and and but it every day that i get up man i've got energy and i've got cause and i've got you You're know juiced. purpose yeah you know yeah every day that i get up i got something to do and it, and it's on behalf of people i care about military folks you know veterans yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm jacked every day I get up. I got shit to do, and it's got to get done. And but like I'm energized, you know, all the time. It's it's fantastic. What what's the premise of the case?
0: Are, are is your group suing the government or are they defending? Yeah. Okay, and, w- and what what are they saying
1: to the government? Uh, what are you guys? Well, we're waiting. I mean, we're waiting. You know, I'm, I'm in. We're kind of in the early stages of it, but I mean, we're getting ready to file a motion basically to shut the whole thing down to say that these aren't these aren't vaccines. And, um, and then we've got some other, a bunch of other claims, we've got about five or six different claims, but ultimately that you can't force someone, you can't mandate somebody uh, to take this. There is no, you know, there is no authority to do this and, and that they're ruining people's lives in the, in the meantime. And I've got another hundred and fifteen uh, client or ish uh, Coasties. So I'm going to drop another suit on behalf of Coasties because they've been left out in the cold. And I have Coasties are
0: promise- coast, coast Guard dudes.
1: Yeah. Yep. So I've got another hundred and something coasties that I'm going to do this for in, in, in a different jurisdiction. And then, you know, why gonna, can't you
0: just take on a hundred thousand people? Like, <laughs> why do you have to shut Why do you have to shut down? How many people can sign up?
1: I, my, I got one paralegal, you know, my daughter. And you just yeah. to, to, to manage a herd of people that big. I think I'm the only attorney doing anything this big. I just how come Someone anything. doesn't
0: jump on board. How come there's not some patriot out there with fucking a hundred million dollars who won't just throw a half million at
1: this? you know, there's some people out there. I mean, there are other, other thing, other groups doing that, like raising money, like defending the Republic. Um, Sydney Powell, she's got kind of Trump ties and now you get into politics and everybody's, you know, but I'm working with one of her attorneys, a guy named Brandon Johnson. who's fantastic. He's a, he's a bright guy. So, you know, I've, I've allied myself with people who can write because ultimately you got to be able to write to do this. You need, you need good writers, you know, people and good legal writers know, and, and who are, Kind of bright and quick on feet, but um, you know the government answer is basically like to lean on that vaccine paradigm. You know to lean on that vaccine map. Oh, we can vaccinate you, and oh, you want to kill grandma? You know it's the same thing as the bigot thing. You know, as soon as you say something that you know challenges the the prevailing notions, the answer is oh, oh why? They do, you do use grandma?
0: emotional appeal like that. They use emotional, oh, yeah, yeah, all of it is, yeah.
1: They lean so hard on the troops, you wouldn't believe. Hey, check this out. When this first started, the military made people who were unvaccinated wear different colored wristbands at some bases than those who were vaccinated. Different colored wristbands. <laughs> what it's does amazing. that sound? like? Yeah, amazing. and they wouldn't let. Like, I had clients who were allowed to go to the chow hall. They weren't allowed to eat with the uh, with the unvaccinated. weren't allowed to eat with the vaccinated. I mean, they're they're treating these guys like uh, like some other people treated some some dirty people back in the day. It's crazy. Uh,
0: you, you meant you meant in the Epic Times article. Um, th- there's a distinction between that they make between it being constitutional to force troops to take a vaccine, but unconstitutional for the, to force gene therapy. You also mentioned earlier in the podcast about a law that passed in 1905, Jacobson. It's a case. It was a
1: case. A case. Jacobson was a suit where a guy didn't want to take the smallpox vaccine. He was like, "I take." And the Supreme Court's said that ah, tough shit. You got to take it.
0: Well, but, but where it. in the constitution, what in the constitution allows the U S government to force people to take
1: drugs. <laughs> uh, fuck you. That's why clause. Yeah. there. That's uh listen. We're a long way from, from that document, man, which is the hard part about being a lawyer. Like I'm, I mean, I have to be like dealing with reality a long way from home now, you know, you kind of have to work with what you got. You know, and and but that's it's fun. It's a challenge intellectually. So, so
0: yeah. So you dabble. So, um, are, do the do any of these crazy people who can't distinguish the difference between reality and their thoughts are any of them judges? Do you see judges like that? Occasionally, sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, oh my yeah. God.
1: Yeah, I've been on the wrong end of a few of those, man. That's rough. Yep. Yep. Oh my
0: goodness! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Hey, do you think everyone is like that? Um, you know this—you know this, you know this um, statement that we're brought up with ki- as kids. If you're not a Democrat as a as a young man, you have no heart, and if you're not yeah. uh, a Republican as a adult, no. you have no brain. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> do you think you have to travel through that? Um, Do you think you have to travel through? Does, does everyone do that? Does everyone travel through that process? Is that part of being a human being, or no? Some people can just be born red pilled already.
1: Uh, no, I think I think most of us travel through it, but just maybe in different um, in different subject matters, like in a discrete area. But I, you know, the the other joke. So was, we're all is
0: caterpillars, it. and some of us turn into
1: butterflies, and some of us don't. Yeah, some some caterpillars just spend their life chewing on leaves, man. You know no cocoon no chrysalis no coming out the other side you know dale there was a uh, there was
0: a, s- s- there was a teacher who put a a note on the door of their of their classroom and it says if your parents don't respect if your parents don't accept your identity i put it on my instagram if your parents don't accept your identity i'm your mom <laughs> and and then there were a bunch of rainbow flags over it and a bunch of and I posted it, and a bunch of people and I said, "Hey, like if you come between me and my kids, you should expect it, all the gloves are off. Yeah. You should you yeah. should not expect." It. And I give anyone who, no matter how they respond to this, a pass. I, I accept. I accept no one becoming in between their parents and their kids. Nobody yeah. for for yeah. any reason. And people turn this in. So what, what's crazy is is that people turn this into. A, a gay, a gay thing. They're like, they started talking about homosexuality, gay. I'm like this, they turned it into that. I don't care if my kid's gay or straight. Right. I care about you trying to come in between my kid and me. And once again, it's that conflation again. Yeah. You see this, you see this yeah. conflation, right? Of coming between your kid and, and people are jumping in who don't have kids. And that's why I would say to you. You would, if you were to, if you were to die, let's say that you're Jewish and the Germans were taking you and you had your baby, would you throw your baby at that teacher to catch or me? <laughs> I, all of you who fucking hate me would still throw your baby at me. Cause at the end of the day, you know, your baby's free and safe with me, Yeah, but it's not free and safe with that person. It's indoctrinated. Hey, with a, that a person lot of it. and fucked. Yeah. A lot of and it's I'm steady. just like, it's so crazy that you think, because I posted that, that I'm against gay. No, I'm against people getting, they're conflating the issues. Of
1: course. But that's intentional. Yeah. That's, hey, it's the same kind of reaction. It's a, it's an intellectual coping mechanism rather than deal with the, the real issue that you're talking about is, we'll change it to an issue that I can feel strongly about. And again, it's people, a lot of people like, man, they're addicted to their victimhood. You know, they just can't, everything yeah. has to be cast in a way that they're victims. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. And by the way, this is a a big, a big reason for this is that said, we live in an era of, of plenty. We live in such wild wealth and excess and all that. This is what you have to do. You, you gotta like people who get bored. And this is what you wind up with first world problems, you know, like people screaming about pronouns and shit is like, yeah, that's, it's, it's wonderful to have the, the wherewithal and to, to be able to bitch about, um, pronouns, you know, because like, I, like I spent 15 out of 21 months in Afghanistan, you know, and that's that we used to call it the time, uh, the time machine, because when you would land there, it was like going back 800 years in the past. It was like going to the 12th century, you know, just in terms of what's there, infrastructure, you know, they're still living in mud huts on the side of mountains, you know, and so all of that first world bullshit, really gets you know goes away in a hurry i mean yes 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 you know so and it used to be the weirdest thing for me because i would be like the that i used to see they get smacked in the face with that so i was in the far reaches on the eastern edge of afghanistan on one day right and then i'd get a helicopter this blacked out helicopter i'd fly into kabul get on a chartered jet fly back land at dulles and so, and I was asleep and half, you know, trying to get some rest and like, so one minute you're awake on the far edge of the planet, you know, in Afghanistan. And then the next time I wake up, um, um, at the airport coming home in my car, you know, and it was the, the disconnect was like, Whoa, it was really weird. Like kids covered
0: with flies versus kids, a hundred pounds overweight, eating cotton candy at the airport.
1: Yeah. I'm in the, I'm in standing in Starbucks and people are bitching and moaning about the waiting because they didn't get their Pacino and it didn't have the right, you know, I said three pumps and I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, I can't like, is three Like, is this fucking like, what the fuck is going on in the world? You know, it's a weird thing.
0: Right? Seema, I am not assuming that all parents are good. You're, you're, you're missing the point. You're reading into it. it has nothing to do. They could be the worst parents in the, fu- in the, in the fucking world. If, if that's directed at me, they could be the worst parents in the world. You, you don't, post something that's fishing that comes in between parents and their kids with you don't you don't do that you, you, you there, there's 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 different ways to do that and you sure as fuck don't write call them i am now your mom you don't do that there's other you don't you don't no you don't do that that's not um you, you just don't you don't do it's that not I kosher can, yeah <laughs> I, I, can, I can get into more, but i 'm not assuming they're good parents there's tons of shitty parents there's tons of kids that need to get away from their parents i shouldn't say tons there's a small tiny fraction of kids that do need to get away from their parents and i 'm all about that you don't do that by putting a sign with with the uh, the genitalia flag on it the flag that symbolizes people who like other people with the same genitalia to have sex with that 's what that flag is if you look at, if you believe in the definitions of gay and homosexuality um on, on a kid's on a kid's door and conflate it with um, calling someone else your mom instead of your real mom. It's fucking batshit crazy insanity.
1: And any healthy
0: parent won't tolerate that. Any healthy yeah. parent won't tolerate that.
1: You it's don't insane. Accept that it, it's insane only because for those of us who came through, like, a, you know, my dad had flaws, and I could certainly talk about them and all that. But he's right. Totally, he he loved us, you know, and he was yep. great, loving, funny, big hearted you know for all his flaws or whatever i don't carry any of the baggage over you know getting smacked or any of that stuff because the the most important thing you do in fact it's i think it's it it truly does conquer all that if you love your kids you can be you can be a heaping baggage be an alcoholic you can be a drug addict you can be but if you love your kids truly truly um it it that's that's really that wins you know that's the they'll be all right they'll figure it out they'll love you back you know they'll, you'll always have a chance you know but you, you gotta love you gotta be the girl
0: happy. we had on yesterday was raised by two alcoholics yeah. all sorts of fucking you know crazy shit with the police and stuff you know what she said my parents fucking love me they were never like bad to me like they love right. me and she turned out fucking great she's a 20 year old superstar yeah but, but she had to see crazy shit with cops come you know Yep. child protective services cops taking mom and dad away but the parents were fucking they loved her
1: yeah my my mom was like that you know she didn't know who her father was growing up she was briefly orphaned you know raised um all her brothers and sisters had different moms and dads and stuff and and uh she found her stepfather dead you know the alcohol finally killed him you know he was a savage alcoholic and all that but like my mom's the most loving, you know, she's a saint, you know, an absolute bona fide saint. You know, it's a love does really truly conquers all. It really does.
0: when you look at the president of the United States, um uh Joe Biden, do, do you do you have an opinion on, on his mental faculties? <laughs> I, I hey, want to say, cool. say something really positive about him real quick. Do you think that maybe everything is fine upstairs? It just is scrambled when it comes out of his mouth. Like that would be the best case scenario. Yeah. Right? I don't think that's the case. That's not the case. I, so how I shook, who, hand, like,
1: I, I shook his hand once when I was doing the anthrax stuff at the committee on government reform, I think he was right. So a bunch of politicians, you know, like names, you know, cause they never leave. They're like, syphilis you know you never get rid of those fucking people but um when i was there like it's really interesting when you meet politicians and shake their hands and i've had we had some politicians come out to my uh base i've had that happen several times you know congressional visits and all that stuff and and you see these are people you see on tv right and you have this idea of what they are and then you actually shake their hand and you look into their eyes <laughs> and my impression of like every politician and the ones you know names i could i'm not gonna but names you know Every time i am shaking their hands, I'm like, I don't know what it is, man. My bullshit detector is like, whoop, whoop, whoop. Then I look into their eyes and I'm like, this is a doe eyed dope. Like, this person knows is a complete moron. And they always do that, oh, that like charismatic, like, love you and pat you on. Like, and you can, I just, like, I'm like, this is such bullshit. Like, it just is so fake and so obviously fake. And they've got all these sycophants around them, you know. I anybody who wants to be in politics I, I look at it this way. anybody who wants to be in politics is immediately disqualified from the job and and it's because of this. I have enough trouble like just taking care of myself, controlling my own appetites, desires, being a good father, being a good lawyer, you know doing the right thing, making sure I you know being a good teammate, you know all, all the things that I participate in. To be a politician is to is to engage in the conceit that I know better than you do how you should live your life. Because fundamentally, people who go into politics just want to tell other people how to live how they're supposed to live their lives. There ought to be a law. Nah, that you ought to sit down and shut up. But it's it's the idea that I know better, I know what's better Damn. for other people than they know what's better for themselves. You know, and that's it's the why I'm, kid I'm, that
0: I'm, wants to be the hall monitor.
1: Greg had the greatest line about that. He's like, Do you ever notice that Do you remember when he said that? Do you ever notice that all the people in HR are the people who wanted to be hall monitors when you were a kid? <laughs> I always, and he said that right in front of our HR person. I don't know if you remember that, but yeah, I, was, I do. I do. I, thought I it was think the he said it thing many times. Heard. Yes. He was like, yeah, it's true. I mean, kind of, kind of unfortunately.
0: So you you think something might be really wrong with him? You think that I, we think might actually absolutely. have you, do you think if he's going to make it to the end of his presidency?
1: Boy, he's, he's, they're going to drag him. there, probably kicking him, you know, Kicking and screaming, yelling at the rest of us. But I, Is I'll it abusive what they're doing to him, do you think? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, how how much do you have to hate your how much do you have to not love your dude? Would you do that to your wife? Would you stick her up in front of no. the American public to no. just to make it's a, a great complete- question? It's a great
0: question. Okay. Great question. I would not do that to my wife. And I would not want my wife to do that to me. No. how are they justifying it that it's the betterment for the country and the people that they know better or everyone, um, is it really just as simple as they're just trying to keep their jobs. They want their next paycheck.
1: No, no. It's the, it, it comes back to what I said before. There, there are people who are, who, bec- it, this is my psychoanalysis of, of the, of the situation is there are people who are so uh, afraid of the stillness inside. They can't face the silence with themselves And so it it gets projected outward, man, you know, and and you wind up, um, I got to control others. You know, think about all the people, you know.
0: Wow. Wow. They're so afraid of themselves that they have to control others. Their own inner voice. That's some scary shit.
1: Dude, that's all that is, is. It's all, it's all outward. It's, you know, they can't stand. I know people who like can't, they can't be alone with themselves. They can't just sit in silence with someone else. You know, they can't. They have to be talking. They have to be doing it. You know, the, the silence is the, like, they're terrified of it. You know?
0: Yeah. I remember a friend in college who said, Hey man, I just spent a couple hours at home alone. I was like, and, and they were so, they were so impressed. You take your seat. Biden's note card has step-by-step instructions for everything like walking into a room and sitting down.
1: Yeah. I saw that. I saw that. Here's what I said. Seve, is a that bad? Is that bad though? I mean, do you, need, do you need a card to tell you? Did you need a card to tell you to sit <laughs> down, introduce yourself to guests? Did you need a card to do that? Uh, it, uh,
0: no, um, but uh, no, <laughs> but but I'm not. But I'm not. I'm not 70s. I, I would hear Einstein would go on walks and get lost when he was in his most brilliant um, part of his life. I just want to give him the benefit. of that. So I wonder, Caleb, can you look up and see, is that a standard tactic? For like someone who has dementia, like if if I started to get dementia and I told my kids I wanted to go to the coffee shop, would they give me a card and be like, and then it has like my name and phone number on it on the bottom, but also it says, okay, go there, ask for a Starbucks and then come home. Like maybe, maybe that's just a standard protocol. Maybe that is indicative or a uh, clue that he is losing his shit. I've never had, no, I've never had, I don't think I've had syphilis. I had two venereal diseases in my life. I had crabs, which was fascinating. Oh, Really? Fascinating crabs are fascinating.
1: I had a buddy who did, and I, I you know I don't have any experience with it. Only only through others. They're real
0: crabs and they eat your pubic hair. Yeah. And then they and then they sit in the follicle and you can scratch it off, like and then you can look at it. This oh, is this so is this, this I gotta tell this story sometimes. But I collected them all and I put them into an altoids container. <laughs> and I didn't, And I did that for like, I did that for look at, look at Caleb's face. Oh, you can't see Caleb. And I collected them into an Altoids container and I had a a thousand of them in there. And they can't get out? No, they can't get out They're They're just scrambling around on the bottom. And then finally, like, I just couldn't scrape. I I just couldn't get rid of them. So I, I, one of my, I had a homeless guy living in my backyard and he would use my shower and he had dreadlocks black dude. And uh, he had lice shampoo. So finally, one day I just took some of his life shampoo and put on my cock and balls and finally, <laughs> I, I also, and one time, Caleb, you ready for this story? I had crabs. I had crabs. Oh, I, I had crabs bad. Right. And I was in college and one time I came home and there were like fucking 15 people. Um, I had this king size mattress that sat on the ground in my room and there were like 15 people sitting on it and they were smoking my weed. And I was like, oh <laughs> now got the crabs oh, sure. steal oh, my weed cool. and now you got the crabs
1: yeah, it was fucking amazing, a bitch, oh you know?
0: it was amazing. A
1: smoke a man's weed wind yeah. up with his crabs yeah, yeah. You that'll teach you a i used to there. sit in
0: front of a mirror every like couple times a day naked and with my legs open and i'd be just picking crabs off my pubic hair I know, oh, I now I been, real question.
1: you're always asking people these questions so i'm gonna put you on the spot did you yeah. ever have sex with someone when you had crabs and not tell them? come on now. I, I, I can't
0: imagine I went a month. I I mean, I had a harem at the time. I can't imagine. (laughs) I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Uh, but I'm a very, I was, I'm a very honest guy.
1: You know what? I want to get you a t-shirt, your own t-shirt that says Savan Matosian, super spreader. You're your own super (laughs) spreader.
0: That's hey, gonna if you're going to have a venereal disease, that's the most benign one. I mean, they're just yeah. bugs just hanging yeah. out. I mean, it's just. My mom,
1: my mom is, a nurse, is a nurse. Well, retired now. But she's a nurse. And her great curse of people always used to be when I was a kid. Like, she really, she wouldn't say anything. She's not a bad word for anybody. But if she was, like, really mad at somebody, you would know. Because she would be like, I hope he gets syphilis. <laughs> and I would say. Oh, like, shit. Why that in particular? And then she explained the course of the disease. My sister and I were like, oh, shit. Don't get mama. She'll put a curse on you. you
0: and then I think I had a, I think I, I think I had a yeast infection once and I thought it was a venereal disease. I think that was the other thing.
1: Hey, I, I guess like there's was basically
0: no. mold growing on my penis. Yeah. It was oh. fucked up. It was a military little sport, little spores syndrome. all over the helmet. Oh yeah. I took antibiotics. That's what happened. Yeah. I had, I had, I took antibiotics and it gave me a yeast infection on my cock and balls, on my cockins, on the helmet of my cockins. Yeah.
1: Okay. I don't no, know not that. true. I don't think that's yeah, that, how it that, that, works yeah
0: sure well that's what they said happened they said basically I killed my my flora and my fauna on Uh-oh. my on my cock and and it caused a, a yeast infection so I had all these little and then I had to take something to get rid of that and it was
1: yeah
0: it's thirty years ago my cock's perfect now in case
1: <laughs> of course well i haven't seen
0: I haven't seen a crab in 30 years
1: <laughs> it appears to have taken care of itself hey I saw this you know the whole like oh it's common this is a gaffe you know like look I don't care what anybody says if i were i told i tell people this I get asked this it's weird people ask me like do you think Joe Biden's like does he you know is he all with it or whatever and i and my answer is a legal answer is if I were a lawyer and uh somebody who's in his will when his will you know eventually gets probated when he croaks and you know passes on the fortune that he's acquired during his time in government service <clears throat> When that happens, if I were a lawyer, I, the first thing I'd be looking for is the date on when the will was done. And if it was during this presidency, man, I'd, I'd be filing the, I'd be filing them. You know, if I were a disgruntled member of the, of the, Family. those who might take, I'd be, <clears throat> the will non-compos mentis, man. He, I mean, you've got, you've got at least a, a colorable argument that this guy doesn't, he doesn't know what he's doing.
0: Um, insider is a complete shithole of a publication, by the way. I mean that in the, in the, like, I, I, I want to give Biden the benefit of the doubt, but 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 if anything they say is a fucking lie. They're horrible.
1: Uh, we don't have independent media anymore, man. You're independent media. You're your real media. We don't have that anymore. We have we have uh, America. I call it American Pravda. The major media organizations are just fundamentally where it's like we're living in the Soviet Union circa 1983.
0: That's a really good thing you brought up. If I saw my wife do the, uh, is that a word he just used? Definition of non-compost mentis, not of sound mind. I know Dale's so smart. Good catch, Caleb. Nice. Um uh if if I saw my mom or my wife do some of the things that I see Joe Biden do, I would I would take them immediately to the hospital to get checked for a stroke. He's already had two. Oh, he has. Okay. So, so that's like, what looks like. Gian- that's lim- And I would t- hope swords. someone would do that to me. If you guys ever see me, please call. Someone text my DM, my wife, and in her Instagram. And be like, hey, we saw Sevon have a stroke on the fucking show. Please. I'll just put
1: you out of your misery. I'll, I, yeah. I promise you, I won't let you suffer.
0: It's like something's getting stuck in my medulla oblongata. I mean, like, I need, I need a fucking... I need some liquid Drano. Okay. So, so it is like that because that's a great way to think of it. That's what I tell people whenever they get mad at cops for shit they do. I go, what if that was your dad or your brother or your son? Yeah. Like you got to see them as like those people. And yeah, if Joe Biden was my dad, I would take him the shit I see him do. I would immediately get, put him in a car and take him to the hospital to get checked for a stroke. Yeah. Are there any doctors listening? Is that correct? Is that what you would do? Uh,
1: I wouldn't, I wouldn't let's put it this way. I wouldn't, uh, if I were Dr. Jill Biden, I certainly wouldn't be uh, parading. I wouldn't have my my loved one, not a chance on earth in the, in the shape that he's in. There's not a chance on earth I would be. I mean, it's, it's abuse.
0: Uh, Seema, Seema, you're on fire today. By the way, Seema, you look like the lady who used to run HR uh, for CrossFit. Yeah, a um,
1: little bit. Little if, bit. If, you,
0: if you are having a stroke, I heard you're supposed to start reciting the alphabet backwards and say Z is for zebra because it keeps the mind
1: working. I'll have to ask my mom. She's worked with a lot of stroke patients. She started out as a nurse's aide in, in, uh, like a nursing home. You know, she started you know cleaning bedpans from the very bottom and then worked her way up to be a surgical OR nurse and all that. But. Um,
0: this, this, how long before this case that you have this current one, the COVID vaccine one, the COVID gene therapy one, excuse me, um, no, comes, comes, comes to an, uh, an end is this like five years is this 10 years is this six months like how how does this play out
1: you know it's funny you ask that i I just had some conversations with the the department of justice attorneys about like we want to litigate the issue let's not play games you know all that and so they they seem amenable but i would think that we're going to get we want to get an answer by from the judge about you know our claims um we want to have time to brief it have a hearing you know bring witnesses so the fall we should get a ruling i think sometime in fall and then neither of us is going to take no for an answer so like if we if the judge says rules against us i'm taking an appeal i'm already i'm already asking my clients to basically bank money in advance because we'll need an appellate attorney because if the government loses they're not going to accept that i mean there's no chance the government's gonna go ah you know what you were right it's not a vaccine (laughs) you know we were just kidding
0: Really? So why won't <clears throat> why won't there is there someone over there who really cares? Or do they get support from pharma?
1: Oh, dude,
0: Come is on. it corrupt as fuck over there? <laughs> oh, wow. man. Oh, oh man! Oh man! Oh man! You don't you don't want me to open that can of worms. You don't want me so to- that is basically what's going on. It's really not you against the United States government. You and in, in, in your in your clients, it's you against. An agenda to keep pushing the sale of vaccines.
1: God, hey, think of it this way. The last Don't two these? the yeah. last two directors of the, of the Food <clears throat> drug administration, the <clears throat> last, the, from 2017 to 2019, the guy who ran the FDA was commissioner was a guy named Scott Gottlieb. Mm-hmm. He now sits on the board of directors for Pfizer.
0: Oh my goodness. And from then,
1: FDA to Pfizer. then the guy who, the, the guy who replaced him was a guy named Steve Hahn. He's the Trump guy. <clears throat> Trump guy. And the Trump guy, Steve Hahn, now sits on the board of directors for the company that owns Moderna. He went, he approved Moderna's, he approved Moderna's uh, vaccine while he was commissioner of the FDA. His agency approved it. And then I think it was 90 days later, he's sitting on the board of directors for the company that owns Moderna. I put it in our filings. I mean, to me, it's so, it's like, at what point do we, it's so obviously wrong. So clearly, you know, the conflict is so blatant, so obvious. I mean, do we have to, what, 90 days is a sufficient cooling off period? I mean, if he had, I was, I'm going to argue anyway, if he had, if it had been the next day, if he had approved Moderna's, you know, BLA application on Thursday, and then on Friday, he's working for Moderna, wouldn't you say there's something wrong with that? Yeah. But does the fact that it's three months later, I mean, the, no. Moderna was a, Moderna was a $60 million company, then became a $600 million company, then became a, And they've never put out, They've never. They've never had a product. This is the first product they've ever made that's ever been licensed. They've never made anything. And by the way, they were a. They were a DARPA funded defense advanced research project agency. They got a bunch of money from DARPA. So, dude, it's if you want to go down the rabbit hole, it's a lot worse than you think. I'll give you another one. There's this algorithm called BLAST. It's a B L A S T. It's a. It's a um, joint. um, It's run under the. NIH, I think, but it's a, uh, joint, um, government and, uh, industry system to track because now we're manipulating genes. You know, we're down to the level of, of, uh, yeah, basic, uh, basic local alignment search. So there you go. So thank you, Caleb. So blast, um, what it allows you to do is check since we're doing gene modifications. Now you have people who get patents for gene modifications, And so how do you know whether you are infringing on my patent? Well, what BLAST does is BLAST is this place. It's a repository of all these different gene sequences that people have patented. And the tool uses an algorithm to search to see what the odds are that a particular strand of a DNA sequence are random or if it was like suppose you and I were both doing working separately in two different companies and you developed a gene patent and I developed a gene patent and we stuck them into the blast system. And then blast looked and was like, Hey, they match. It would yeah, be like, yeah. well, okay. Is that a coincidence? And then blast has provides a mathematical output of like what the odds are that that was okay. Random. So, okay. So you're going to love this. Somebody ran the, uh, ran the, once the virus, the COVID virus, they they ran that, uh, that gene sequence through Blast, and wouldn't you know, it popped up a Moderna, a 19-character strand of the virus matches a 19-character strand from an old patent that Moderna has from like 2016 or 17, and the odds of it being random chance, according to Blast, are one in three trillion. Oh, jeez. So, oh, geez. so I don't know, man, you do what
0: you want with that. Who owns blast? No, it's a
1: joint, it's a I'm, government system, but it's I can't really, believe that
0: they weren't shut down after that.
1: The people who, who did that, the people who did that, they can't shut it down. It's how, it's how people are researching patents to decide whether there's a patent infringement or not. I've got to get a patent attorney. That's my next thing is to get a patent attorney to tell me if, if you had a one in three trillion hit, would you, would you be willing to sue someone for patent infringement over that?
0: God, that's amazing. Yeah. Hey, um, I, uh, what about
1: Vares? Oh oh, oh, oh yeah. Hey, I'll tell you this, I got some great data on that one. I was just writing. So you catch me right in the middle of this, but so, uh, Teresa Long's a Lieutenant Colonel in the army. She's a flight surgeon. She's one of my, She's a witness in one of my cases and, And she might even be a plaintiff in this case, but... Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long
0: was an army. Sorry, one second. Uh, For those of you who don't know, VAERS is the adverse reporting system. It was developed in 1990. What doctors or anyone is supposed to do is is if they have an adverse event after taking a vaccine, um, you're supposed to report it to the VAERS. It is a um, voluntary um, place. Um, uh, Harvard did a study on VAERS prior to the COVID vaccine, and Harvard decided that um, adverse events were being underreported by 90%. And the reason why, the biggest reason why they were being underreported by 90% is because Cause doctors weren't paid to report um, uh, the adverse events. So they believe that doctors weren't doing it And Harvard came out with a study. Well, what's yeah. funny is, is now they're saying, well, yeah, so un- it's, un- it's normally underreported. Let's yes. just say that. A, and now there's a- been more reports to VAERS around the COVID vaccine than all other vaccines in the history of fucking mankind.
1: Yeah, that's correct
0: did you see the two, two uh, basketball player who died last month? And then the football player died yesterday.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, Hey, I've had people in my family, my cousin, you know, and I don't even ask anymore. I don't want to know. I don't, I tell everybody don't do it. Don't take it. But you know, Hey, if
0: they can ask you if you're vaccinated to eat at a restaurant in San Francisco, every single person who dies, we should know whether they were vaccinated or not.
1: I don't, I don't want to know anymore, man. I just, I just keep my head. I can't, the, the, it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. I, I wish it weren't so, but
0: before we talk about theirs, do you think they're going to be able to hide it or eventually it's all going to fucking just come out and be like, Oh shit, they poison the world.
1: I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's okay. It's one of those, how many, how many people denial,
0: emotional denial again, they don't want to get it dosed with a thousand.
1: I mean, there's Fair. a lot and couple that with couple that with how many people who took it, who were just like, Oh, it's, it's a fine, you know, trust, 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 how many of those people don't want to know either? You know, there, there's a lot of people who have a lot of good reasons to like, man, I just don't, you know, yeah. it's not. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if the, but I always thought that Greg had a great point that eventually that the, I thought this was a beautiful analogy that the truth is like a beach ball, you know, and that like you can hold it underwater, but it takes an incredible amount of energy, but that ultimately it's, it's going to pop up. Right. I mean, it may not be in my lifetime, but I, I would imagine a hundred years from now, man, that it, this is not going to be looked back on fondly. This is people will not be pointing to this as a we should do it like that again. Yeah. You know, at least if there's going to be human, uh, the human race is still around. I d- I don't think this will be looked back at as the golden era. No, I don't think that will be the case. <laughs> no. But so this I had a Lieutenant bears, on, bears bears there's so she she did a query in February of twenty twenty two. Cause she got curious. She's got a, you know, she's a flight surgeon, doctor, she's got a master's in public health and all that stuff. And her specialty is the defense medical uh, database where the DOD actually tracks like emergency room, all the DOD hospitals. They track all, you know, everything, all the ICD nine or whatever codes for people. So they have some sense of what's going on in the military medically. And that system has been around for about 10 years. Well, she got, what's it called again, Dale? Uh, it's called – well, it's got two names. It's the DMED, D-M-E-D, DMED database, or DMSS, or MDSS. I'm sorry, but <clears throat> they're both two parts of the same system. Okay. But um, uh, so Teresa Long uh, did a query. She sent a, a request to the Centers for Disease Control and asked how many people in the military had died uh, according to Veyers. So how many people in the military did the vaccines kill? And uh, VAERS, uh, the CDC came back, gave it the VAERS report. I got it over here somewhere. But um, 119 military folks were, died from the vaccines from the time the vaccine program rolled out, which is roughly September 1st of 2021 to February of 20, February 11th of 2022. That's not even six months. Mm-hmm. So in less than six months, 119 military folks, according to VAERS, died from the shots. Un-fucking-believable. Um, and so then um, I pulled, I had the declaration from a, another colonel, the government's expert, uh, Tanya Ranz, uh, in a different case in March of 2022. And she was talking about how deadly this is, how horrible it is, the disease is terrible, and why we have to have this vaccine program, and blah, blah, blah. And she said it's so deadly it killed 31 members of the military, 31 active duty service members. Since the start of the pandemic. So from March of 2020 through February, end of February of 2022, which is 23 months, almost two years, the virus killed 31 active duty service members. So in six, less than six months, the vaccine, the solution, the vaccine killed 119 and by the government. So this is all the government's data. And the disease, I just saw
0: another report this morning for the entire world in regards to that. And it's fucking nuts. How many people it's, it's nuts, but go on. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I look at it. I'm like, imagine if you had a virus that you were like, oh, it's deadly. And it killed 31 people in two years. And you're like, so we, we rolled out a vaccine program that killed up four times that many in six months, (laughs) four times as many in, in one, one fourth the time. So in a quarter of the time we killed four times as many people using the vaccine as the disease we're treating.
0: Hey, hey, it's the exact same thing. If you assume, I don't remember if it was 2020 or 2019, that those 12 unarmed black men who were killed by cops, if you were to assume that they were all killed um, uh, illegally and they were innocent and they did nothing wrong and they had no, they did, did not deserve to be shot at all. If you make that assumption and then you look what's happened over the next two years to the reaction to that from the public that and and the hostility towards police officers this year, there was a 34% increase in homicides on black men. So to save those tw- to so we beat down the cops for 12 guys. We're not even sure if ne- what what they did. And now thousands of other black men have died because cops are refusing to engage black men in, in the streets. It's, it's the exact same fucking thing, right? The the, public- the cure, the cure kills more people than the fucking problem. Yeah. That's always the way it's always the way. Hey, I, I how come that's another thing. Everyone wants to be like, Hey, let's get rid of guns in the United States. You guys have a gun problem. All the European fucking idiots who live in these countries that are 16,000 square miles. And then I say to them, okay, but what's on the other side of the scale? What's on the nice. (laughs) What's on the other side of scale? So we get rid of guns and what are, well, no kids will get shot in schools. Okay, cool. Let's, let's assume we can get rid of all guns. No kids get shot. Now what? What, like no one wants to talk about even even in your most common sense thinking if you have to administer 1 billion injections someone's going to die yeah. A needle's yeah. gonna break off in them. Someone's gonna drop a needle on their foot. Someone's gonna, uh, there's gonna be a rotten batch somewhere you can't administer. Uh, the truck driver driving the needles okay. is gonna die. But more, at least 20 people are gonna die just in the making of it. They're gonna fall into the blender that blends the vet. I mean, people have to die. Like, there's, but no one thinks like this. No one's like thinking about what the greater no one is thinking the greater good, the upstream, the downstream.
1: It's cause it's all,
0: not no one, but just the people in charge. <laughs>
1: ken's like hey ken how do you know i don't have something oh you got oh
0: that's a good looking this wow. just this just lives here as a prop i don't smoke this shit
1: you, you did you grow that yourself
0: yeah i have bags and bags of it around oh, i need to send oh. it to someone who wants me to mail this shit to them
1: i do <laughs> i do can i put my hand up oh that's yeah, some great looking buds did you do that outside or inside outside it's like three years old it's I remember just you sick. gave me a bag of weed one time and I was like, I could like, how do you have a bag of weed? You had like, you know, you had that jar and you were like, God, oh, it's all dried and shit. You had a jar of it. And I was like, this could last me the rest of my life. Right. 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 <laughs> of course yeah. it only lasted like six months.
0: I was in the army when it first started and worked directly with the new trainees that came into basic training and were diagnosed with COVID. And from there I could see that it wasn't as bad as they said.
1: Yeah, of course. It's, of course. What it's what uh, what my Italian friends in the neighborhoods I grew up in used to say. it It's fugazi. It's fugazi. It's all fugazi. It's all fake, man.
0: So what do they say about the Vares report? 119 guys
1: dead. Um, we'll see. That's in my filing. We'll see what happens. It's in the motion I'm writing right now. I just highlighted it. <clears throat> I'm going to file that probably today, tomorrow. I got to get back to writing how, how did
0: Jacobson justify the, in 1905, the
1: original forcing of, well, it's interesting. They didn't say, you know, it's really funny about it was the, the, the procedural posture of the case was not that they said they could actually force you. That's the interesting thing. They didn't say you could force. They just said that he's, he's going to have to pay the five bucks. Cause he, so said, if I'm you don't
0: take that. the vaccine in 1905 <laughs> and you're in the military,
1: you, oh, so it you could opt
0: out if you paid the fine. Yeah.
1: So that you were you were going to pay the five bucks. He actually refused to. So he was in. What happened was he refused to pay the fine. So they threw him in the clink. But he did it on purpose because he wanted to challenge the the whole program. And so ultimately they said you're going to have to pay the five bucks. And so it's interesting. They never the DoD. It's only a recent thing that the DoD has taken the position that hey, we can hold you down and stick you if we want to. The D, here's what it is. The Department of Defense takes the position that if we're now in the you know the biochem bio warfare. The DOD thinks the battle space is your immune system and they own the battle space. And so they they believe they they'll they can hold you down and inject you with whatever they want. They really think that you're property. You're just U.S. Yeah. government property, man. Yeah. <clears throat> that's their that's their view of the world. That's their and map.
0: And, and and are the soldiers' property, U.S. property?
1: No, not no. at all. Not in a volunteer military. They're not. Hey, I hope Sevi, whether I win or lose, if I do nothing else, I'm I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, if if this breaks the military, and I think it might, I think it, I think this might be, we might be watching the end of the the U.S. military's dominance. And maybe we already did. Maybe Afghanistan, the Afghan withdrawal, was the writing on the wall, and nobody just wants to acknowledge it. But U.S. military superiority, like that's, we, we've lived under that and been comfortable with that, and people have, you know, gotten used to that. Like the U.S. is the world's superpower. You know that. <laughs> That may not be the case anymore. I, I don't think people realize, and I've even said this to some of the attorneys on the other side, like they think the military is all the regulations and all the orders and all of that stuff. They think that's what the military is. And they don't. Is that our word? It's that's reification, man. They, reification, reification. They think that's the military and they don't understand. It's the relationships and the trust and the, it's the being able to depend on the other guy, you know, and all that stuff. And so it's, it's almost nothing to do the brick and mortar of the military is the the trust that exists laterally and then vertically. And the vertical trust has been destroyed. It's been destroyed. I got people I got a client who's a, you know, imagine this. The guy's an F-35 pilot, you know, the most high end. He was selected to be a squadron commander. I mean, one of the best of the best, you know, F-35 pilot. That guy has always been very religious. He said, hey, I can't take this. You know, I'm a religious guy. They took his squadron away, they put he's sitting around, he's not flying. they grounded him, you know most of my pilot friends I told them this and my clients I told them as soon as they said they weren't, weren't going to take it. I go you understand the first thing they'll do is they'll go after what you love that's that's how they get people to cave. That's how they got as many people in the military to cave as they were this was wildly unpopular, wildly unpopular
0: is the, and, is the u s military unable
1: to fight right now uh no it, it, well, it depends on what you mean by fight you know is how, it compromised
0: we, if, is it compromised right now
1: Sure. Yes, absolutely. No question. No question. They're not meeting recruiting goals. I see things. I mean, I don't want to share too much because I got like, you know, I've got confidential stuff and I got attorney-client privilege. But let's just say this. People know who I am. And so things appear in my inbox. Uh, yes, Yes. People mail me things. I got a letter and it was like unmarked and I opened it up and it was, you know, one of those like Ted Kaczynski letters. But you open it up and it's got, you should check this. Look at that. Look at, I mean, I get stuff that, you know. Talking, I, I, I get that
0: on a much smaller scale. Everyone, the employees of CrossFit Inc. are always sending me right, fun stuff. Right, I like it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Not the U.S. government, but the employees at CrossFit Inc. Yeah. Uh, Dale, when when you were general counsel, is that when the NSCA case started, or was it at, when you after you, you were that? Is yeah, I
1: I wrote that complaint.
0: Yeah, man, we got to talk. We got to do a whole show on that.
1: Yeah, that's a fascinating one.
0: Are you do, you do you have do you know what happened there? I know they sealed the case, but do you no, know that was
1: you, I, you, no, you don't know, and I, yeah. I wish I did. I mean, I have a pretty good theory, let's say, based on all that I know about the case and the, even the stuff that wasn't reported. You know, I know a lot. I mean, I followed that since I initially filed it, um, given everything that I know, I got a pretty good idea of why that all went the way it went.
0: And and why why it's sealed and the affiliates can't be told what what happened
1: in there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the fact that it's sealed and the affiliates can't be told ought to tell you everything you need to know about what's in there. Man.
0: There was a there was a there was a, uh, you know the, the, obviously the CrossFit Journal and Greg the first three years was out. Greg wrote everything in it, and then Mike Workington, who, who, yeah. who we both uh, um, love totally and love. fucking respect the shit out of, yep. he he put together a list of thirty must-read articles that Greg Glassman wrote. And I was thinking about when Eric Rosa took office and he was in a meeting and someone used the term GPP and he didn't know what it meant. And I was tripping the other day. I was like, what were we even – what was any affiliate or anyone thinking that you had Greg Glassman, the guy who invented fucking CrossFit, and you replaced – running the company, the vision, the direction, all that, and then you replaced him – with a dude who does, and I wondered, do you think like how he would probably have to read those articles, um, uh, all thirty of them every single day for a month to get to the five yard line of where Greg is, and then, <laughs> but I, but I bet you the current CEO doesn't even know those thirty articles exist. I was I'm just tripping minute. on Where's how that? anyone is still on that
1: boat. Oh, that boat's sinking! Hey, speaking of which, I thought Dave was going to be the new CEO.
0: <clears throat> I mean, if they're smart. If they're smart, they either make him or Nicole the CEO. It's it's looking more and more just – I'm just tripping. I'm tripping so hard that anyone with a brain thought that Eric Rosa could run that company. It's it's like it's like um, hey, having an F-35. It's like having me try to fly uh, an F-35. Seve, I maybe, just have no business. I have no business.
1: Maybe – hey, Seb, did you ever think? It's only because you have the thought in your head. You have the paradigm that the, the people who bought it wanted to succeed. Well, right.
0: And it is, it is, it does look, yes. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, maybe that was, maybe that was whatever the the price, whatever the asking price was, maybe that was just the money to let CrossFit. Of course. Float into an iceberg. Of course.
0: And whether that's true or not, it's a very um, logical. uh, It's a workable model. Yeah. If you like algebra and you like balanced equations, if you have 200 million on this side, you might as well put 200 million on this side. And yeah, it, I know, uh, Dale, I got to have you back on again. I didn't even yeah. get to any. Of my I you took so much. I'm sorry. I took up all your time, man. Take up all my time. This show is going to be huge. I love you. I need to have you on as a regular.
1: You're, you're the best man. I love you. I, I do it anytime you want. Awesome. Any subject, man. You know me. I love to talk about anything. <clears throat> Caleb. Thank you. Caleb. Peace, brother. You're hey, the man. Did you get forced. Did you take it? Yeah. <laughs> did you get the shortness of breath afterwards? No, I had no problems with it afterwards.
0: He's no. not allowed to say because if you say, yeah, you, that's right. Guys in the military DM me all the time, and they're like, if you say something's wrong with you, you lose your position. Like if you
1: say, like, <laughs> yeah, most people lost their jobs, so they were, you know, pilots, I mean, butchers, bakers, candlestick makers. And yeah.
0: All right, brother. Thank you, Dale. Uh, I will. Um, I'll stay close contact with you. We'll talk soon.
1: Yeah. Like, well, thanks, Kate. Appreciate uh, Matt. Everybody, you guys are great. Bye. Later.
0: Damn, that dude is smart.
1: Definitely, I gotta head back to work. Actually.
0: Oh well, thank you. No problem. Very good good show. dude. All right, bye. See you. Hour forty nine minutes, guys. Uh, great show with Dale Saran, former general counsel of CrossFit Inc. Hardcore CrossFitter. We didn't even get into any of his crazy CrossFit numbers. Homeboy's got some skills, uh, and uh, he's not—he's no spring chicken anymore. Uh, tomorrow. It says tomorrow at 7 a.m. I have a live call show. Can that be true? That would be awesome. I need to get Yevgeny back on. Uh, then Sunday at 7 a.m. I have the uh, I have, I have the Hiller, Hiller Fit Review Show. That's where I look at all his videos from the week, and I beat up on Mr. Andrew Hiller and talk shit to him about, hey, you said this, you said this. I got some great shit talking to do to Andrew this week. Um, and the humble Mister Hiller, the human tornado, um, always is fun in his responses. Okay, so the next two days are, are fun. We have a live calling show. I can't believe I have a live calling show tomorrow. Those are my favorite. I Wonder if who I should have on. If I should invite someone on. I've, I've been, I've been really, I've, I've been missing Rich Froning. I wonder if he'll come on for a few minutes, and grace me with his presence. All right, guys. Thank you. Uh, Bruce Wayne, your boss. Uh, s- what's her name? Seema, you were great today. Uh, thanks for all the uh, interaction. Kenneth Dunlop. Um, Mr. Rich Holton, thanks for being part of my mom joke. Matt Burns. Uh, Heidi, always. Please check out the Fake 7 Podcast, even though Heidi's getting soft. Victoria Stump. Thank you very much. Uh, Seema Vizol, Viz Sima. What's it called? Sima. Uh, Who else is in here in the comments? Uh, Jessica Pearson. Always good to see you, girl. Eric Wise. Thanks, guys. Okay, I'll see you guys tomorrow at 7 a.m. Love someone, hug someone, accept someone, learn something new today. Uh, Our only value as human beings is our ability to help our fellow man, regardless of who, what they are. Spread the love, smile at someone today. Love you guys. Bye.